Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. Now, following our discussion on the reopening of schools about a month ago, we pick up on this conversation again this evening amid the growing calls for schools to be shut down. There is a serious concern that since learning resumed on June 8th, that there are now 1,169 staff members and 523 pupils that have contracted the coronavirus nationally. More than 700 schools across the country had to be temporarily closed for COVID-19 decontamination since the phased reopening started. Now the Western Cape is leading with 332 schools closed and 134 pupils and 557 staff members infected. Various schools have planned pickets for this week to voice the objections. Now, of course, we have already seen this happening at schools. Now, as we see more grades returning to school on the 6th of July, is it simply okay for the Department of Education to urge school principals to ensure these schools comply with all health protocols without understanding the reality on the ground? And what impact is the pandemic having on teachers and learners? In tonight's show, we look at schools on the front line against COVID-19. In the first part of the show, we chat to veteran educator and principal Nadim Hendricks. He's at Ikhlas Nia. We'll also talk to Noel Isaacs at a primary school, and we're going to chat to two teachers, one of them who, in fact, has COVID-19. And after 8 p.m., we get the views of concerned parents. And in the last leg, the unions join us to share their perspective. We will take your questions and messages via SMS to 47913. You can also WhatsApp us to 072-238-0712 throughout the show. And if we have time, we'll take your calls as well. So now let's welcome our first guest to the show, Nadim Hendricks, Chairperson of Ikhlas Senior School. Assalamu alaikum. Good evening. Wa alaikum salam. Good evening, brother. So let's first look at these statistics by the Western Cape Education Department and the, ne- and the National Department. I mean, those numbers, you know, already, we, let's focus on the Western Cape because we, uh, we already know that 332 schools had to close since June 8th for decontamination, right? 557 staff members have been infected with COVID-19. Obviously, um, we're not saying they were affected at, infected at the school, but they tested positive rather. Let's get our facts right. Yeah, they tested positive. And obviously when a teacher comes to a school, a school must close if that teacher has tested positive for COVID-19. Now, looking at these numbers, do you think that it's necessary to close the schools in the Western Cape and even in the country? Yazid, um, let me first say where I come from. Uh, although I'm at uh, Iglasinia, I'm also on about seven different um, forums that is discussing this particular uh, challenge that is facing this country with regard to whether our kids must go back to school on the 8th of um, July, 6th of July. Yeah, because now it's all the, sc- all all the, the schools. Yeah, all the so, learners, right? So the, the, the panic comes in or the crisis comes in where everybody is visualizing that here we have 
a lot of students coming in. Okay, in, in primary school it is three three groups. In high schools it is uh, two on the 6th of um, July. Now I can imagine educators are or have already been struggling to cope with the grade 7s and the grade 12s. In that particular experiment on the part of national government, things has gone wrong, horribly wrong. Horribly wrong in terms of the schools were not equipped properly with the necessary PPE protocols. Understand that very clearly. Government failed the schools. There's no question about it. Because they should not have attempted to open up the schools if they, if they could not guarantee that on day one that all particular protocols with regard to uh, sanitizers, with regard to water tanks, etc. I'm not going to go into that. But that was an absolute failure in terms of a, in a terms of a national perspective. So obviously, you, you were not ready as a country to open up our particular schools, and that's why you have that statistics that you have over there, because schools were not ready. Everybody was not in the right frame of mind with regard to going back to school. It was foisted on us. It was we were forced to go. And as a consequence, you have so many schools that closed and so many people that's infected. And I'm not going to look at that in, 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 in any perspective, but that one person did is too many. One educator did is too many. In other words, something went wrong. Whether that educator uh, contracted the, co- the COVID uh, somewhere else or not, it placed the particular learner at risk. Do we know how many educators have died of COVID here in the Western Cape or even nationally? Do we know? Yes, we know. I think yeah. the, the, the figure is uh, uh, close to 500 already. Dead. Dead, yes. Nationally. Nationally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I speak under correction there. I do not want to be quoted okay, on that. Okay. Okay, right. But now let me put it this particular way. In all the forum that I've been involved in and actively involved in until about an hour before I landed over here, it was always a question of do we reopen the schools? Now let us understand this, brother. The schools are already open. The teachers are already there. So it's not a question of opening the schools. The schools are already open. Yeah. The teachers are on duty. The principals are on duty. There are students at schools. The question here is, learning from that particular experience, do we think mm-hmm. it is safe to bring the other children back to school? Yeah. Now, lessons of that particular experience between the educators that are at school and the learners that are at school definitely tells us there is something not right. Because those very particular components, the educators back at school and the learners back at school, they contracted COVID-19 okay. in a big way. So you've answered the question, schools should be closed. That's no, what you're saying. I, no, I haven't said schools should be closed. Okay, what are you saying? Well, I'm mm-hmm. saying, and that's why I say, this is a, I take a different angle. Okay. I say schools must remain open the way they are. Okay. Right? I say that because we find ourselves in a very, in a very crisis situation whereby we're going to a peak. Yeah. We have not reached our peak yet, and that is scientifically said by every medical person and every particular governmental person. Right, that we have not yet reached our peak. We are in a bad season. We are in winter. 
It is medically proven that COVID is very, very uh, active and very dangerous, especially because of the cold weather we have. And because there are so many deaths and because there are so many uh, uh, cases of where people are contracting, I'm talking about teachers and I'm talking about learners contracting COVID, I'm saying we need to separate the two. I'm saying that the school must remain open, the teachers must be on duty, but there must be no learners at school. And where I say that is the following, for the following reasons. <clears throat> teachers must find and schools must find creative ways of teaching our children while they are not at school because the, the children are a danger to one another, they are a danger to the teacher, and this means there's a lot of debate around how dangerous children are infecting teachers and how dangerous teachers are because of the comorbidities or because of the age infecting the kids. I say because we're in a very crisis situation, keep the kids at home. Let the teachers be at school and prepare the necessary resource materials so that they can find in a creative way a manner in which still to get the educational process yeah. continuing. So thanks for that clarity because in my mind when I said or when we think about schools should open, we think kids back at learners back at school. Mm. But so school but schools have technically been open, right? Absolutely. I mean they there's been this WhatsApp communication and so on. But like has that been working though? Because we've heard so many <clears throat> you know uh people saying that the kids aren't getting like the right kind of uh, sort of support, they're not learning properly, all those kind of things. Also, you know, coming up, parents don't know how to help the children with homework and so on. No, those are all real things, right? Those are real things. There's no, uh, our kids in the poor areas, I'm talking about kids in the poor areas, which you're also referring to, obviously there's a question of data, there's a question of Android phones, there's a question of multi, uh, 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 social media, and we speak that, uh, which teachers should be um, uh, interacting with learners and things like that, and that is not effective. Yeah, I mean, like, not data effective. is expensive in South Africa, so imagine if you must do a video a Zoom with kids. It's expensive for parents. Exactly. Mm. So therefore, why is government not spending its money on that? Instead of PPEs and, and instead of PPEs and stuff. all that nonsense, yeah. which is not working, the cheap PPEs that they're delivering to the schools will be shocked. So what I'm saying here is every school knows their particular area. If you're in Pontyville, you know Pontyville better than me. If I'm in, in, in Bridgetown, I know Bridgetown better than you. I know how my school will work in Bridgetown, you will know how your school will work in, 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 in Pontyville. So I must apply my creative self with my staff. Why we there? How are we going to educate our children? Because at this particular stage, it's perceived it is dangerous to bring the children to school. I like your proposal, and I'll tell you why. Because we have heard our education department spending millions, millions, millions on hand sanitizer, on what we call personal protective equipment, yeah, and people are still getting sick. And they're still getting sick. Absolutely. Now, what I'm trying to say here is, I want to advocate that as an educationist, we cannot sort of close schools. Right, but we can make the school still the most productive uh, 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 epicenter of learning, and and who must do that? The principals must do that. The educators must do that. The parents can't demand schools must be closed. 
The carers can, can grab the choice of keeping their children at home, but in the parents must take the responsibility of ensuring whatever the teachers does at school and get out to the learners that there is a discipline to do that. Yeah. There is. In the holidays, I just want to give you one for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. <coughs> what happens in the June holidays? Are mothers and fathers at home? No. That work. Now, who looks after the kids? Parents find a creative way of organizing that the kids are looked after when they're at work. So don't give me the argument that the children are at home, the parents are at work, it will not work. It works in June, it works in, in, in April, it works in September and December when parents are working. Parents find a way. Give the parents the responsibility. Right? But you can never close schools. And I'm going to say that every day. But we need then to use the schools to find a creative way. Weinberg High will find their way. Sachs will find their way. Trafalgar will find their way. Christian will find their way. And like I said, Bontevel and, and Bristol will find their way. Yeah, yeah. But still keep, it is unsafe to send children to school at this particular stage. Mm-hmm. Education must continue, but learners should not be present in schools that's, that's my that's theory the yeah so you know the other thing about this is that <coughs> apart from teaching the principal and the educators are expected also to carry out COVID-19 guidelines yeah. so that's taking temperatures and uh, essentially cleaning schools and and you know there's a whole thing involved is that unrealistic to ask also of the of the, of the principal I'm gonna give team. an example I was last night at a, at a, a meeting of concerned principals at uh, Steenberg High. There were about close to 50 principals over there, right? And they signed the memorandum, right? The memorandum, they say, was to, to sort of, um, uh, you will speak later on to Mr. Isaacs and you will tell you what's the memorandum. I don't want to take away his particular thunder. Okay. Right. But the amazing part of that particular memorandum was, at that meeting was, as one principal said the following as it. He says, I have my grade nines at school. I have my grade twelves at school. I've got one caretaker. And he is struggling to sanitize, deep clean the school, right, for that particular two grades. What is going to happen if all my other grades come back? How can that man and one other, because my where he finds himself is there's no question of school fees and things like that. People don't pay. Where can they, he find the time and the energy to deep clean? He's got 23 classes. Now he's using about four or five classes. How can he find time? You've it's answered that question. Suicide. Yeah. You've answered that question brilliantly with an anecdote, a very visual anecdote. Imagine picturing someone must run through 23 classrooms every day to make sure that that virus does not spread. But now let me tell you something. He says to run his school away, the, 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 the WCD wants him to run the school. He needs now 60 rooms. And he has got 16 rooms because of social distancing. Social distancing, you know, the normal. I'm not going to go into that. We all know that. Social distancing, sanitizing, mask, we all know that. He's going to need 60 classes to run his particular school. 
Mm-hmm. Right? He's going to need about four or five extra um, um, caretakers to ensure that his particular school is sanitized properly to ensure that there is proper sanitization for the whole school. Before we go to our ad break in just about a minute, I'm quickly going to read some of the WhatsApp messages that have been coming through. Shukran for your participation. Listener 6227 says, Why can't schools resume from the 1st of September 2020? Brilliant. Yeah. But you're saying going back to classrooms should maybe resume then. That's because, you're why, not that's, saying closed schools, right? Why that gentleman yeah. is saying that, whoever that yeah. is, that is when our winter period is over. Yeah, but just to clarify, because when somebody says, why can't schools resume from the 1st of September, we are not assuming that they mean we must stop education now. So, for example, you're saying go back to school. Physically yeah. from yeah. September 2020. Yeah, I was But continue with, with the online learning. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, this person is saying, why can't schools resume from the 1st of September? Seeing lots of schools are closed due to the COVID yeah. diagnosis, right? And then listener 1001018 says, close the schools because we still have to peak. And then listener 9392 says, uh, Al-Azhar High has a very good online system. It's called Moodle. And the kids are home still getting the education. So there's a good example of, of how the system is working. Brilliant. And then listener 0115 says, the economy is not, okay, this is not, that's something else. I don't know what he's saying. Just greeting. Assalamu alaikum to you too. And then listener 6219 says, there are many people that are jobless and need work. Why does the government not employ people to clean the classes and leave the teaching to the teachers? We're going to leave the WhatsApp messages there for now and go for an ad break. The Burning Issue. Welcome back to The Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. This evening we are talking about schools and whether or not they should in fact close, especially since COVID-19 has been spreading at schools. Now, still in studio with me is Nadim Hendricks. He's the chairperson of Iglasinia. It's a school. And then I also want to welcome Noel Isaacs, and he's principal of Florid Primary School in Steenburg. Noel, good evening and welcome to Burning Issue. Good evening, sir. So, Noel, um, we know that principals, teachers, and parents across the Western Cape have been pleading with the government not to further reopen schools on the 6th of July as more than 134 pupils and 557 educators have already contracted the COVID-19 virus in the Western Cape. Now, you've written an open letter. Tell our listeners about that, please. Yeah, there's uh, the four principals that... Um Mr. Newman of Hitfield High, Mr. Hendricks of Athlon High, and Mr. Isaac Arnsen of Steenberg High, uh, we wrote a letter to the president to plead with him uh, that because he has the power, he can, he, he can overrule the minister, to plead with him to close the schools with immediate effect and to suspend the academic year uh, due to the havoc that COVID-19 is already reaching in schools and that will still follow during the peak. So in sum, that was the crux of our letter. Okay. We did not get the, yeah, we did not get the response from the letter. We just got an acknowledge of re- acknowledgement of receipt and then we followed it up with another one-liner over the weekend 
just to say that we're still waiting for a response because we actually requested in that letter for the minister to send some representative um, to meet with us so that we could um, just outline our, our issues to his representative or representatives if he was not able to meet with us. Mm-hmm. But so you're saying that schools should close completely. You're not even saying continue online. No, of course. That um, I think that is as I say axiomatic because that would be automatic that online learning should continue. But as you know, that is also a particular challenge. That in our working class communities, a lot of parents struggle with data. Some of them don't have devices, and even though the department themselves admit that schools could close here and there depending on uh, the virus or how active the virus is in schools, uh, the department both provincially and nationally has made no attempt to make sure that schools uh, are supported with regards to data and devices for parents. And parents, and in working class communities, parents are struggling with data. They can't keep up. Okay. So the four schools that, you know, the peer, uh, the principals rather, that have been writing uh, or that wrote this, how have they been coping with COVID-19 protocols? Yeah, I think um, in the beginning we, we did not... Um, go back when the Western Cape Education Department said schools must go back, which was on the first, because we said we are going to go with the, with the date that the minister uh, announced. Um, which was a week later, obviously. Yeah, which which yeah. was a, a week later. So at our school, I mean, our school was closed um, yesterday because one of our teachers uh, contacted the virus um, at, at Mr. Newman's school somebody contracted the virus and there's also somebody that's likely positive. At Mr. Hendrick's school, somebody also uh, contracted the virus. Uh, I think that the result was made known today. It seemed that I, they didn't have any cases yet. No learner positive cases yet. But at three of the four schools, there have been positive cases and at the moment, two active cases at two of the schools. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what has been the psychological impact on teachers and learners of all of this? Man, if you could ask any teacher or most teachers in the Western Cape or even the country, if they had a choice, where would they be? They would say that they would not want to be at school. The teachers are fearful. Um, learners are, are certainly not focused. If I can speak from my experience at our school, we've got the grade sevens coming in. Um, I think this is now the fourth week, but the average attendance has been about 30 to 40 percent. Today, we only had four learners in school because after the, we informed the parents because I think, I firmly believe during this period, you must be totally transparent and, and, and honest with the parents. So we informed the parents that we're closing because we had a COVID-19 case. And today, the attendance, there were only four learners in, in school because obviously parents are just fearful. So everybody's fearful, teachers, parents, and children. When children are at school, the 30 or 40 percent since uh, for the past four weeks, they are definitely not themselves. 
They are just anxious. And the teachers are saying that they're not getting much done because the kids are not as focused as they would normally be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to come back to our in-studio guest, Nazim. Naptosa is a teachers' union. Yeah, one of the second biggest in the, the country. The second biggest in the country. Now, this union says that if schools should close, we will see a an increase in the dropout rate of learners. What do you think about that? They are, but they're saying the, there's, a, there's, a, there's truth in that. There's no question about that. If, uh, if schools are closed, then obviously learners will feel that there's nothing for them to do. Now, Yazid, I feed five different poor areas in Cape Town every second day. I make four pots of food as part of my uh, of an NGO I belong to, and that is in Elsie's River, Beacon Valley, Freedom Park, Carlson uh, uh, Fontaine, and things like that. Right. The learners at this particular stage obviously are just playing in the parks. There is no facilities in the house because those are all very poor areas. The streets are full, packed with children after 9 o'clock in the morning until the evening. Right. We know in 1985 a a similar situation arose where the children were out of school for nearly the whole year. and, 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 And the consequence of that tells us always that there will be a dropout rate. That's why I am saying, Yazid, schools must be open. Teachers must find ways in which they must still communicate with their children. Parents must find ways still to take responsibility for the educational process to continue. But children can't go back to school because it's dangerous. But there must be a way. In other words, at Iglasinia, for example, I'm going to give an example what I implemented or my teachers rather implemented and I admire for what they did. Besides, in the first month, they had this online teaching with their children, right through WhatsApp. Then, when they went back, the grade sevens were back. But every other teacher that was not involved, what did they do at Iglasinia? They prepared educational packs, and then they informed the parents, come every week on Monday at certain times to collect your educational packs and bring back the, the, the assignments and the works given to you so that the teachers can assess it and return it to the children. So the responsibility of education now for the first time in the history of this country is the responsibility of the educator the child and the parent. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that is what we were thriving? That education is not only responsibility of the teacher. Mm-hmm. So if that small sample could be used, why can't a similar sample, like we heard Al-Azhar. Al-Azhar used the Mobi system, whatever they call it over there, and this, and this a number that phone in said it worked wonders. Every community can find a way to still keep the children occupied. Parents Parents play a role or grannies play a role, they will be dropped out. I'm not saying not, but there is a way. But don't close schools. Let the teachers use the schools as epicenters of learning. Mm-hmm. But now I want to come to, to know, so you're saying that the academic year should be suspended, right? Yeah. Um, but that has an impact on people's lives. I mean, what about the impact of that? Yeah, it, it depends what we understand when we say it must be suspended. Um, 
if you suspend something, you don't cancel it. Mm. So yesterday, we, the four of us, we, we got together 40 principles. Mr. Hendricks was also at that meeting. It's now 94. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost 100, Mr. Hendricks. <laughs> so, so we presented a, a memorandum, and, and we said schools should be suspended. Not um, closed. Not cancelled, meaning... Especially in the Western Cape, until the peak is over, and we, we you see, if, if you criticize or you you condemn or whatever, then you cannot just criticize. Mm-hmm. You do you have an alternative or a a possible solution? So we're saying that if we suspend the school academic year till the first of September, then we run the year until March. Now the 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 departmental officials are always saying. You must think imaginatively and you must think creatively. But it seems as if the depart- departmental officials, uh, both provincially and nationally, they only think in terms of a calendar year from January to, to December. So if we're talking about the new normal, then how can you have a, still a normal s- school, school year, year in terms of, an, of an, a, a, a calendar year? Should you not then be thinking creatively and imaginatively and say, okay, these the forces that the forces that we have operative within the system forces us to think differently and imaginatively. So let us also in in line with this concept of a new normal, find a new normal school year and let them have that school year from the first of September till the end of March. Also in Africa's um Countries have the academic year from June or from September flowing into the next year. And then we write the metric exams in January because if we're going to write the metric exam at the end of the year, then those kids, because the one, the one thing that's not being released are the attendance figures. Um, you'll struggle to find uh, attendance figures because the department is not releasing it. Mm-hmm. But just from 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 certain sources you hear that at some schools the attendance is 90%, at other schools it's 60%, at other schools it's 50%. During this interview, so didn't you just tell us that there's only four learners that came to one school this week? That's, that's at our school, yes. Yeah, after, after so, so it's not actually working. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But from, from, from reports I received, it seems, or seemingly, in the ex-Model C schools, uh, the attendance seems to be 80% and above. Um, that's not confirmed reports. That's just informal information I received from, from certain people. So Is it reliable you information? As a, as, a, as, a, as a media house, electronic media house, should phone the department tomorrow and ask for the attendance figures. I'm sure you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. But may, may, may I just confirm, are those reliable sources that you get it from when you talk about 80%? Are those people that you know personally and that you can believe? Yes, but I'm talking about um, one or two. We're talking about, if I, if I speak to somebody, he's talking about a school. So I'm not talking about a sample of maybe 10% of the schools. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah. can yeah. I, no, no, can I give me input over there? You must understand that Model C schools and private schools makes up about 
15% of the school population in this country. Exactly. No, and therefore, if there's 85% of them in that school because they're wealthier, they've got more facilities, they pay high school fees, they can manage, they can uh, take extra educators and things like that, we can understand that they can yeah. accommodate and they can be successful in that particular way because of their privileged position. But no, you must admit, uh, and I think you do, that the attendance at uh, at schools that is not Model C schools averages definitely below 40%. Mm-hmm. No, of course, I, I concur with And you. that is 85% of the country's population, school-going yes. population. And that is a disaster, whether we like it or not. Yes. So, 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 mm-hmm. so in terms of transparency, the, 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 the education officials, uh, both nationally and, and provincially, they don't share those stats. Uh, because I think those stats uh, is, is obviously not in, in favor of the the decision to reopen. Yeah, yeah. Noel, thank you so much for your time this evening on Burning Issues. Shukran, thank you so much. And we wish you all the best. Of course, we'll be watching yes, the story. Do, um, if, yeah. if I may take this opportunity uh, as a kind of a, a advertisement. So um, the concerned principle, uh, as, as Mr. Hendricks said on Thursday, we came out with a memorandum of demands. Uh, because we're saying the school reopening or the premature reopening of schools. But remember, principals are, are hard workers. We want to be at school. Love, we love our jobs. But we're saying but this is, this is a pandemic that has killed thousands and thousands of people across the world, infected millions of people across the world. In our country, I think that infection rate is now over 100 and almost 140,000. So we're saying... We love being at our school, but this is a pandemic. And even the scientists and the doctors, they come with conflicting information, so you don't know who to believe. So you you hear the opinions of the scientists and the doctors. However, as I think as a principal, as a community leader, you also have an inherent responsibility Absolutely. to give guidance to the community. Absolutely. So 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 when we we came up with a memorandum yesterday we had a few demands and we're saying the struggle is bigger than the premature opening of schools because all those things that the government has not seen to over the past 20 odd years is now coming back to haunt us the lack of funding uh, the lack of the, the shortage of teachers like mr Hendrick said x model c schools have 20 schools that 20 teachers they get from the department as an establishment but then they employ 20 more where the schools in working class communities who don't have the funds, they don't have the luxury to appoint more teachers. So therefore we are restricted. So we are saying that the struggle is bigger than just the prematurely opening. Absolutely. It's also about addressing all all the apartheid legacies legacy that store store very much manifest in all or most of our working class schools. Thank and you. especially we're saying the quintile system it's a, it's, it's a draconian system of funding that does not address the needs of working class communities. Mm-hmm. So we're having a, a, a picket on Thursday, um, the 2nd, and we're asking all the communities, 
We're not calling for a school boycott. I don't know where people get this notion. Yeah. No, do you mind authority. please sharing the information quickly so that we can go for an ad break? We also have a ton of messages on WhatsApp. Where and when is it happening on Thursday so that people it, can show it, up? It's happening on Thursday. I mean, how does it work with COVID though? Like social distancing? No, no, we, we call it a social distance human chain that we're forming. Okay. And people must obviously wear their masks. Uh, it's going to be on Prince George Drive, on the M5 Cliffontaine Road, in all the main roads, in Mitchell's Plain, uh, Fort Trekker Road from Maitland uh, to Belleville, Robertson Beekway, Bookway Avenue, Talamar Avenue, Vanguard. That's so, the whole city. And That's everywhere. <laughs> That's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we just saying we we are all conscious, all the principles, and in fact, like Mr. Index said earlier, we we now have a 100 principles who have signed that memorandum. 100 principles. Mm-hmm. So we are all. I, I firmly believe all the principles are conscientious education leaders. We want the best for the children. We want to produce quality teaching and learning. However, in a safe environment. So what I don't understand is, in the province, the, the government is, 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 is preparing great sites, uh, extra morgues, I don't know where. So while that is happening, schools are, are still continuing as normal. So are they saying that school kids and learners and teachers and principals and non-teaching staff have an invisible armor that, that protects them against COVID-19? I think it's totally ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No, thank you so much for your time on Burning Issue. We appreciate okay. it. Thank you so much Thanks and so. all the best. Okay, okay. bye. bye.